Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed, you're the congregation that makes this a show, and I'm still ripping off uh, things you should know. Damn it, it's, it's a conspiracy one. Things they don't want you to know. It's a good show, I haven't listened to it in a while. Um, yeah, what are the good podcasts these days? I've, I've pretty much whittled it down to like the occasional Joe Rogan. Oh, Matt and Shane's secret podcast. I'm, I'm obsessed with uh, Matt McCusker and Shane Gillis. It, they're just so funny. So funny. Uh, Emery, Bad Christian, whatever it is now. Songs and Stories. Uh, dopey. I don't know, man. Give me some good. Like, I want another good, like, Dirty John. Like, a good Dr. Death. Um, I, I haven't got a good recommendation. Or, like, a good S-Town, man. Those were, like, the... Those were the ones. Those were the glory days. Uh, but anyway, uh, on today's show, Tradition of the Drugs, we have Seth and Melanie from Anatomy of Us, uh, formerly Anatomy of Marriage. And I think I had them on, I don't know, two years ago, three years ago, who knows, a couple years ago. And things have drastically changed in both of our lives since then. So it was pretty cool to kind of revisit um <laughs> Some, something that Seth told me last time he was on that I thought was funny. I got to call him out on. And um, Melody gave me some some good advice. So this was actually, I think a day before I went to the hospital uh, for Ruth. So this was the last recording I had right before I became a dad. So I kind of aired all my last fears and excitements. And then you'll, you'll kind of hear um, in the coming weeks how it's just been awesome. Ruth is doing well. George is doing well. We're all doing good over here, y'all, so enjoy this episode, and uh, see you next week.
isn't it it is it's very it's very uh disarming it's just yeah. like just just relax just chill. just go with the flow um welcome seth Hello. seth and melanie Hello. how's it going good, good to see y'all too i i thought this was uh, <laughs> this was gonna be great just be because of how much uh y'all and my life has radically changed since the last time we talked yeah yeah so last time we i mean it had to be at least three years at least years ago three, at three least years ago. I yeah. don't even feel that recent. I just saw I just saw a thing that um most podcasts just literally last only like five episodes or ten. Yep. And mm -hmm. if you have a show like over 20 shows or something, it's a really low number actually, um, and have lasted X amount of days, then you're in the top one percent of podcasts. So I'm like, yeah, score. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I've been it's like six years now I've been doing this. Crazy. It is Amazing. crazy. It is crazy. Um, especially especially considering like the the course of events in my life it's amazing that yeah. but at this point i've and i've figured this out i think at this point it's almost like a uh like a like a talisman or like like a nervous tick that like i don't know that i could not do it right you, you know what i mean it's like i like i don't i don't know what it would take for me to not do it even if cuz at this point i've got like a solid core listenership like right. you know mm -hmm. I gave up on, or at least at this point, I gave up on, like, there was a point, I think I could have really pushed to make it something, but it's just like, dude, I'm in school. Yeah. Uh, I work, you know, I just couldn't, or I didn't have the the energy, dude. Right. You right, gotta, yeah. you gotta do what y'all are doing. Like the video, you gotta do the whole deal. Like I would have needed a social media yeah. manager. And, it's and, so much. Yeah. It's so much more than people realize, I think. Yeah, it, it is. And, but I mean, just because. Like, and and we've pared down because we realized just I don't know probably in the last year like this is a this is a crap ton of work mostly for Melanie and it's like wait a minute we got three kids we're doing all this stuff we gotta like slow down mm -hmm. somewhere just because it was like man ah, there's no fun anymore I mean it's, well, still, it's not that it wasn't it, fun. It's fun it's just it was it was so very is, taxing so well is this is that your is this your full time deal is this no. what y'all do okay it, so that's what was, that's what I. It was for about two years. And that was, I mean, cause we were doing coaching. I was doing men's groups and she was doing women's groups and then podcasting. And we still do coaching. I still have my mm -hmm. men's group going. And then, uh, of course we're still doing shows. So mm -hmm. we, we pared down a lot. Um, but for two years, it's what we were doing only. But now I just went back to work, um, which I really enjoy again. Yeah. So, you're, yeah. you're, you're an LMFT. Yeah, yeah, LMFT yeah. licensed marriage and family therapist. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's so. I'm finally I'm working finishing my undergrad, and then I got to decide if I'm gonna do uh, MSW or um, professional counseling. I don't. Yeah, everyone kind of tells me to do just get a master's in social work because it'll everything a LPC can do and LCSW can do, but it's not the other way around. Um, yeah. So I'll see. I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I've been, you know, I've been working in addiction now for six years and yeah. let me tell you, that is hard. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah. That I, I was doing that for a minute and yeah. So did I, I you? know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like um, in what, in what capacity, like the dual uh, credential stuff, like, like therapy and addictions stuff like dual or like were you doing it like at a facility or uh yeah, what was it called you were the specialist that well you... out here they call it uh sud uh substance use disorder yep. counselor 
you know, so um, I was doing a youth group, uh, uh, youth group sounds churchy. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't churchy. It was, as, it was at a, it was for a tribe that I worked for out here. Um, but trying to get oh, kids cool. like youth kids to stop smoking weed is just, it's, it's almost impossible. Now I'm not saying that y'all don't, you know, like SUD counselors don't do amazing. No, work, dude, it's almost course, impossible. <laughs> like, I mean, who, you know, does the teenager want to hang out with me, some old dude or like go smoke weed and play basketball with his buddies. So like, hello, right. you know, so, so it's, it's hard. It's funny because I, I got out of doing adolescence. I don't know where I was when, when last time we talked. Um, so then I did adult veterans mm. because that was what our facility uh, after COVID. That was what our facility just transferred to um, that. I got completely uh, like the last month I worked, I had four clients die. And so I was just oh like, gosh. and I was in the middle of my, like the divorce was just yeah. starting and it was just like, fuck, like I cannot do this right now. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to go back to school. So I, um, this guy from this imp like uh, outpatient program was kind of courting me. So I, I switched over to that. So it's mm -hmm. uh, technically, I guess I'm a contractor for the, the court system. It's like I do the groups for family preservation, which is like when um, parents get the kids taken away from drugs. But then I also do juvenile drug court groups, which oh, is man. exactly, dude, it's. <laughs> every single kid in there is just in there because they got caught with a weed vape at school. So it's just right. like, I don't even, I don't even like go usually the route of you need to stop smoking weed. It is just like right. pointless. Mm -hmm. It's more, I'm just like, how can you not be dumb? Like let's, <laughs> right, right. let's make, you all got caught. So you're not good at it. So like, let's make better decisions with your life. Yeah. Let's start there. Or, I tell or at you. least go go down the route of like, okay, listen, yeah, I know the deal, blah, blah, blah. But like, where do you see yourself in four years? Like, what do you want to do? You know, and then you can really kind of build some rapport there and be like, yo, I'm whatever, do if, who knows what, but just like, do you want to end up in jail or dead or this or that or gangs or what do you want to do? And maybe some of them like, well, I don't know. I've never even thought about like tomorrow. what I guess what the most common answer is when I ask him that, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? Oh, probably an influencer or something. Get money is the official answer. Uh, get money. Gosh. I want to get money. Okay. How? Right. Uh, yeah. Entrepreneur is is number two. Oh, Entrepreneur. Right. And then I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, I, I don't yeah. really know. That's you, terrifying. You just start up. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's so. T and then always my follow-up question is like, okay, you got money. Then what? And mm -hmm. they're just like what do you mean? Then what? Like my life is that, perfect. That is the thing that, that is the what. So my life is perfect. There is no what over that. That's funny. Like when I was doing, I was doing it probably six years ago or something. And I would ask that same question and all my kids were like, Oh, mob. And you know, mob stood for at the times like money over bitches, you know, so like, uh, yeah. bitch, and doing all this stuff. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Just let's get real. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It, so that, uh, I don't remember if we were, recording yet but yeah so that i'm having baby thursday uh that is a hundred at least 90 percent of the reason why i've been so scared to have kids because mm -hmm. i've either a been in adolescent facilities or b worked for adolescent facilities so i've just seen every single worst case scenario possible mm -hmm. and i'm hearing my mom's voice saying just wait till you have kids you know back when i was you know a yeah. horrible teenager just wait till you have kids and i'll always be like i'm never having kids da, 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 da. <sighs> um yeah it's scary you know i've got yeah. um my fiance is in recovery too so you know it's genetically it's got it uh yeah. for sure 
Mm-hmm. And everybody always asks me too. They're like, so what are you going to do if your kid smokes weed? And I'm just like, you know, I have no idea. There yeah. is, if, if I've learned anything, um, there is no answer to that question. Mm-hmm. There's no, right. you just, you just kind of got to, I guess the one, the one thing I would say from like my survey is it's about who your kid hangs out with. Mm-hmm. For sure. That That's probably. So how old are y'all's kids at this point? <laughs> We got a 16 year old. Well, he, he'll, he'll be 16, he'll be 16 in like, like few next days. week. Uh, 16 year old, 13 year old, and an 11 year old daughter. The both yeah. both oldest ones are boys. But kind of going, I'm pausing for a minute. Going back to like mm-hmm. people asking you, like, what are you gonna do when you know when your now like not even born child smokes weed? Just go. I'm not even thinking about that. That's a stupid question because like I for for me as a parent, you know, I'm like. Don't even think about that right now. Don't even think about that, right? Because the relationship and all the stuff that you will build with your kid will really help him or her, boy or girl. Do you know? We don't know. Ah, oh, how I, exciting! Well, I know. Navigate. That's super. Whatever exciting. you know, because if somebody asked me that question, I'd be like, "That's that's stupid." I know. You know. I well, have it, a thousand thoughts about it, though. You do. My best friend is Go a pediatrician, so okay. She sees kids every day, all day. She's been doing it for like twenty-five years or something, and she talks about this. I don't know if you have heard about this idea. Probably you have, but um, if you have this genetic sort of like epigenetic bit mm-hmm. that it is already in your family line of addiction or whatever, that as simple as it sounds, if you don't ever turn on that switch, you'll never mess with it. Right. right? And so I talk to my kids about that because we have addiction in our, my side of my family. Um, and And my side, yeah, both sides. And so I talk to my kids, especially my preteens and teenagers about it as they see their friends experimenting with drugs or whatever, whatever it is. And we talk about like very, very openly, And we try to, and I try to make it as real as I can without making it scary and without going to like the most extreme example possible. And then also it's really massively helpful. And this is going to sound really mean, but if they have a friend who's already screwed their own selves up, you go, well, don't do like that kid did. (laughs) Right. You pointed that kid who's, you know, like having a hard time and you go, well, what, how did he get there? How did she get there? And I don't know, but it's, it's the thing too, of do how much of, I am, I mean, obviously by this podcast, I, my, I am an open book to a, I've had to really work on reeling that back. Right. Uh, Mm Self-disclosure is my game. And so I'm like, really, how much of my story do I tell them? Because another thing that I've noticed in um, children of addicts and alcoholics is like, there's three paths. It's like either they go, I saw what it did to them. I'm never touching it. Or they go, what is this thing that my parent loved more than me? And I need to mm-hmm. see why they did that. Mm-hmm. Or it's almost like a, well, you did it. So like you, you don't have a leg to stand on to tell me not to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense in, in, it's funny that you said turning on the switch. Mm-hmm. Cause in undergrad, I did a paper, I think it was a social psychology class. I did a paper about, alcohol and alcoholism in um predominantly muslim or arab countries you know and then the the idea of nature versus nurture so let's just take a muslim country i don't know saudi arabia or something or or united arab emirates where most alcohol is you can't have it there right so you can't just go oh well there are zero alcoholics here right well no that's not true right they might be pre pre um pre uh I was gonna say predis- predisposed predisposed yeah. 
to that they're but they're predestined right predestined. they're predestined to drink uh but the the idea of nature versus nurture is so interesting to me because i was like oh well wait a minute if we don't have the opportunity it's kind of like if i don't have ice cream in the freezer i'm yeah. not gonna eat it but mm-hmm. if it's there then i'll be like well yeah it's, it's there so no okay. they're a hundred percent is and and i even believe that um there was an alternate path where I potentially could have used substances moderately. There absolutely is uh, an invisible line that that once crossed, you can't go back. The thing is, nobody knows where that line is and you don't really know I, it. Yeah, I, people don't talk about it either. I think that's where you're what what I hear you saying without saying is like, what if I had talked about that with someone before I had done it? hundred percent talked about the three paths. What and this is something that we do all the time with our clients. We do this actually, we do this with our kids. I'll tell you a perfect example. I did this with our 14-year-old on our drive home the other day. 14. I told you, or 13-year-old. I was telling you that so my his name is Tough, our middle kid. And Tough and I were, you know, every once in a while we get into these little like we we kind of get at each other. And and I don't want to do that. And I told him in a moment when we were not angry at each other, I was like, hey, dude. I don't like how we treat each other sometimes. And I'm partially to blame for that. And I apologize. So I want to like cast a vision of how we could treat each other differently and how we could do this differently. And cause there's a bunch of different options. We could just be mad at each other all the time. We could be happy all the time and fake, or we could find a real, you know, and, and the same thing with like addiction, talking about it before any of it even happens. I think so many people are just afraid. So they say nothing. Cause they think, well, if I say anything, then they'll become addicted or whatever. Right. Right. So I think just having these conversations, of like, there are options. Let's talk about them. You know, yeah, I think that would be so powerful. It's it's kind of the reason, um, well, sort of the reason like Dare was such a colossal um, backfire is because it wasn't so much that it wasn't talked about, but it was lied about. So that right. when, you know, it was just weed was painted as as bad as heroin. And then when you try weed, you're like, this is not bad at all. They right. were lying. Right. So what else are they lying about? Right. And then in, in my case, it was, you know, I also had, the double whammy of the spiritual guilt mm-hmm. and it was you know whether i you know I, i'm you know spiritual abuse i don't really know it's i think very much it was my personality type of like when uh joey Svensson said he had um religious scrupulosity that fits my ocd type thing to a t and so when i discovered this thing that I really liked and God really hated it. And if I do things that God hates, then I'm going to hell, but I really like doing this. And so then the fear of hell just makes me even more worried, which makes Mm. me want to do the thing even more Right. Then, And a lot of mine was really, if I could trace it back to anything, it was uh, purity culture and it was sexual guilt because Mm. um, when I discovered like porn and masturbation and stuff, it was the old, that's, that is the worst thing you can do. That's the worst sin you can do. And, and you're in the South too, right? Aren't you in Louisiana? South Car- that yeah. Then I was in South Carolina. So oh. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it just wasn't like our sex talk was at youth group one night. They brought in this guy and this girl. All the girls went in one room, all the guys went in run- the other room, and they just kind of told you how everything was bad and don't do it. Uh. Um, and so like I I figured out that if I got high. I could hook up with girls. I could, you know, masturbate without feeling completely bad about myself. Mm-hmm. But then I would sober up. And I, and then I also had this idea that um, I was, since I'm a Christian, I'm just getting this stuff like you guys. This, this is an actual thought I had. And it's so delusional. It's almost funny. But 
I would look at other people and be like, see, you're, you're using and drinking moderately because you're in the long run. But I got to stop this stuff by like age 20 because I'm a Christian. So like, I'm gonna just get it out of my system. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just gonna, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I have a limited party, time, right? So I gotta so what, cram it all in. Like the Amish, don't they have like what? the day where they yeah, go? Yeah, rum, like rum springer. Yeah, rum springer. Uh, yeah. What? Why? Why age twenty? Is that when you thought you would get married or something? And then that—that like, that okay. was just uh, that was just like twenty twenty one. That was just when I figured I would be done with this. Uh, yeah, with this stuff. I and that's funny. And, and I, like, I thought eighteen was that number for me. Like I don't know, just growing up. Like when you're eighteen that's it you're you can well i can't think it was kind of opposite you can do anything like 18 yes and then yeah. you know i'm like 18 is nothing yeah it's nothing <laughs> you're a toddler right? you're so yeah no, absolutely yeah yeah it it is why like has that like what has it been historically like because you know we're not i i absolutely the the brain switch at 24 24 25 26 when the frontal lobe is i absolutely remember it was one summer mm. i had the urge to go do something stupid to get drugs and i was like ooh, but like do you really like you're gonna get is it really worth it and i remember <laughs> at least a little bit being able to think more rationally a hundred percent like something actually did change so i, I that i always preach that that is an absolutely real thing yeah um, oh yeah and it's That's wild yeah it, and I, it I, makes, yeah i want to no, say something ahead. about this before i forget it so you like i think where people struggle and you talked about the sexual part of it and the church related part of it is that so a lot of people number one do not have experience talking uh productively about the complexities of anything so whether that's a sexual relationship uh whether that's your own anatomy or body or school or work or anything that no one talks about like the complex part of these things. And so we, we think when we're kids, Oh, when I get, when I get money, I'll be happy. Mm. What? No, that it's a lot more complex than mm -hmm. that. It's complicated. Right. And so because we don't talk about those things, we don't have any map of how to deal with them when we run into them or when we're trying to create them or when we're trying to walk through them. And so part of what I think would be helpful, what dare did not do was allow for the conversation to be much more complicated, more complex, allow for people to say, hey, this is what you might feel inside or think about or worry about or wonder about, but this is what you're going to do instead. Like your behavior doesn't always have to line up with your feelings, like really allowing it to be complex and let people sit in that complexity and then help them build a structure of like tolerating and creating a pathway out of that in the way they want to. I know even that was complex and complete, like maybe sounded confusing. So what does that even no, mean? No. Yeah. No, so kidding. if I, so with my own children, right. like if I were to find, so my, our one kid again, tough, all of his friends are skaters. They all do like BMX and they do biking stuff and skating and Sk lots of like skateboarding potential drug use vibes mm -hmm. where he mm -hmm. hangs out. And so we talk about every friend he has that has done drugs. A lot of them are just sort of acquaintances. They're not like close friends. And we talk about all of the things. Okay. Let's talk about that person's family. What are they going through? What things have they experienced? Why do you think they would want to use drugs? Like let's allow it to be really complicated in, or complex instead of, well, they're dumb. That's bad. They're awful. Or don't do that. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Or yeah. Just don't do that. Yeah. 
Because I also want to address the fact that my own child will feel tempted to do that. I want to give him or her the the skill set to be like, man, I really do want to try that. But what, you know, give at what, what you got mean? at 25. Yeah, yeah like kind of give them seeds for that at 14, 15, 16 and allow them to think complexly about it. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, because I, I I literally uh, and I posted the thought. I said, maybe maybe shooting up heroin at 17 was a was quite a mistake like that was (laughs) maybe because um i'm just still realizing how absolutely wired my brain is for opiates permanently is just Mm -hmm. unbelievable and it's like Mm -hmm. wow i really uh did some serious chemical attrition at a very formative age and like that was probably not a wise idea Mm -hmm. and what you know what could have been if 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 simply just trying it later or or anything like that it's it's funny too because the the another thing i try to convince um the teenagers now is that weed for us in high school was like mexican brick weed like full of seeds and stems you smoke a little bit you get hungry and you laugh like these days it is a straight up narcotic like it is Mm -hmm. so strong and I, i try to be like look man like it's do you really think it's just doing nothing to you like do you like as high as you get you don't think that's doing something like behind the scenes like right like the uh the new um the new psychosis thing that is like coming out more and more with teenagers and stuff is is pretty mm-hmm. interesting I, I i go so back and forth with like what i think are drug policy type things should be in this country mm-hmm. and what you know and just how how much damage the illegality of it and stuff has done and okay. are y'all in the area where like uh every like everything is legal or decriminalized oh, no. in small amounts you're in portland oh no, that's no we're we're seattle. in well outside seattle, of seattle but yeah okay. down in portland you can do i think anything almost. yeah it's uh small amounts is is personal amounts is decriminalized i believe yeah. or or yeah. they like give you they give you a a ticket to go see like somebody like a counselor or something mm. yeah um yeah i don't i don't know it's what i and this is this is what i'm curious how it is with your kids too it's like what i've seen and granted i'm working with a very biased population but the hopelessness the purposelessness the guidelessness of this generation is just like well no shit you smoke weed like why wouldn't you and a lot of the kids i deal with like they don't care if they die and some Mm -hmm. of them do they get like these are 16 year olds that are shooting each other and it's i'm always just like is it that your life is so bad that it like death really isn't that big a deal Mm -hmm. you know and for some of them it it kind of is it's just like whatever i mean i don't care like what else am i gonna do right yeah yeah there's so so, yeah oh go ahead sorry yeah well so how is it like is that do you notice that with your kids or do they talk about that like with their peers like what we try to do i don't know that they talk about that with their peers or not but one of the things that we and it's funny that you mentioned this because I literally was doing this yesterday with my daughter. I said, Hey, you know what? I would, I, I, we have been on the lookout as parents for what brings our kids a lot of, uh, I want to say inspiration, but it sounds 
So the word inspiration comes from the word in spirit, like it's in spirit, right? It's inspired. Mm -hmm. And so we look for things that inspire our kids. And I don't mean like, I don't mean that in a corny way. No, it's just like, what, what are right, they like? To, what are they yeah. drawn what to? What are they drawn right. to? What would they do for hours if, the, you know, if they had the option? And so a lot of, okay, it takes a lot of work to do that with one kid. We have three, right? So our daughter loves cooking, loves cooking. She watches baking shows all day long. She's 11. So she's in cooking school. Every got every gift she got for Christmas last year was baking and cooking related, right? Our right. other son loves skateboarding, BMX, biking, motorcycles. So we buy and spend time driving him to those places so he can do the thing that feels the most like in spirit for him. Our other son is a total orchestra nerd, loves classical violin, piano, cello. He plays violin, piano, cello, ukulele. Wow. We don't push our children to do any of these things. We were on a mission to find the things that light their spark. They like, like set them on fire on the, all on their own. And then we, we help encourage and fan that flame as an act of like actively not letting them get bored, not falling into the cycle of like they're on Instagram and TikTok and whatever the hell is there. Right. And so I think where a lot of kids get in this trap and why it's such a generational thing, number one, their attention is absolutely sucked and attached to and addicted to phones and mm -hmm. just watching people mm -hmm. live. They don't even need to live. They don't even need yes. to try. Right. So number one was get them doing something that like they are so passionate about, even if it takes all day, every day on a weekend, do it. It doesn't matter. Right. It'll be worth it. Um, but then the other thing too, and this is what I wish more, um, people of influence, meaning if you're an aunt or an uncle and you've got a kid, a friend or uh, your own kid, whoever you have a kid around you that is 17 and younger, ask them what they like, talk to them yeah. about anything, take them anywhere, take them fishing, skip rocks with them, play guitar with them, do something that you would have done in the seventies, eighties or nineties right. <laughs> yeah. before technology really stole everybody. So, you know, there, I agree with that. So there's this research study done and they got a bunch of rats and you, got, you oh, may have yeah. seen it. And, uh, in one cage, they put a rat and just narcotic water or opiate water. Mm. Have, did is, you see that? The, is this the rat park? Yeah. The rat park, yeah. you know, there's mm -hmm. nothing to do, just a cage and a drugs. Right. Yep. And they all died within very small amount of time. Right. Yep. And they had other, they had clean water right beside it. Right. So I had the choice and then rat park, they had all the fun stuff, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And hardly any rats drank or used the the drug water, right? They yeah. were stimulated the whole time. The community so, created. It was the community. And, and, yeah, yeah, it was the community. And community and like fun stuff to do, right? But like going rat back wrestling. to rat wrestling. So I, I don't know if your kids are like inner city or anything, but like all of my yep. kids yep. that I've worked with for literally 15 but, years now have been Seattle, Tacoma, you know, so. They're either like uh, trailer park poor or inner city poor. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, poor nonetheless, right? right. Yes. Which, of course, that has all kinds of uh, poor and and divorced, which I wanted to touch. Like every, I'd like I'd almost every single one, uh, their oh, families, they come from divorce. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's not so that I that's a different. Uh, we're not in the city, right? So our kids have a different kind of vibe different environment already you know so maybe it's easier to talk to our kids about that but there's other kids who might be trailer park poor what i mean we're not rich but we're not like poor we have a house right and, you know whatever. right but like the the thing is a lot of kids that i've worked with they just don't have that like you you also have to there's oftentimes in in order to be it you have to see it yeah to some degree right like you're not going to yeah. grow up and become an nfl player 
if you're the only person that likes football and there's no football teams within 500 miles, well, and within, I think, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you have to have some sort of positive influence with my kids. It usually came with the uncle or me, or maybe it's you who's like, okay, you're an adult. You're not, you know, strung out and you're talking to him. Mm -hmm. You might be the only dude yeah they have you know exactly and, and like that and of course they need a lot more than that because i've had kids that i've known since they were super small and spent like 10 years with them as a client and then like i i, I sometimes i mean sometimes some, some of them are successful but you know i have other kids like yeah he shot a dude and he's in you know jail and gangs and I mean, you know him because i've talked about him before mm -hmm. and so it's like it, it takes a bunch of positive people over a long amount of time conversations you know mistakes yeah. grace all that stuff well, I to think too with adults like it's our responsibility to grow the f up and not be a child while we are raising and around children that's something that i also and again this ah. is really hard to do don't yeah. me don't mistake me here that's exceptionally hard to do but i think so many times kids who grow up in these environments where the parents still don't have their shit together <clears throat> and don't know how to get their shit together are going to, ju they're just stuck in their parents' yeah. drama. So they're, of course, they're going to check out and get stoned or do whatever. Well, that makes me think of ACOA, like yeah. one of the mm -hmm. whole reasons you reached mm -hmm. out again. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. it's like parents can't get their shit together because they never learned. Which, mm -hmm. ACOA is adult children of alcoholics. Right, right. Um, yeah, so there's, I mean, there's millions of reasons for that. You know, why our parents didn't do this or whatnot. Um, I, I went, I went to, I got the chance to, uh, go to this, um, like part of when I, um, God, we could talk for three hours or so many things, but part of when I went through, when I had my breakdown, I got to, um, I almost ended up killing myself. That was part of it. I had uh, gotten it, it, the closest really had. And so I went to my boss and I was like, look, dude, I'm like, I am in trouble. I need something. Mm -hmm. So I got to go to this, uh, trauma place, trauma recovery center um that a lot of therapists go to called the bridge in uh bowling green kentucky mm. and they do just an intense it's a lot of um interfamily systems I, ifs and oh, yeah. uh, in, internal family systems. internal family systems yes and that it was and they all their big motto is like the only thing wrong with parents is that they have parents right and it's it, <laughs> right. it was so yeah, it's it's so it's you know a lot of people you finding the reasons is great, but then it's like now you're an adult, you need to take responsibility. That like okay, now I, I know why I have these. It's like as a child, I got hurt, developed the defense system, and I use that same defense system as an adult, and it does not work any well because mm -hmm. I'm not a child. Um, right. Or it's the the spilt milk analogy where like a, a kid in the grocery store spills some milk and. His mom runs over and he's crying and the store people come over and he gets all this attention. And then the kid, you know, goes a week later and he's walking down the aisle and he notices no one's paying attention to him. So he grabs the milk and throws it on the ground. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like I learned to throw the milk on the ground a lot. And um, right. so, yeah, with the um, with the ACOA stuff, it it's it, and my parents weren't. Uh, so that's that's the interesting thing, too. Um but my, I think my father's father kind of had proclivities for that. So like that, my dad was the, I swore off of it sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And they were, they were born again Christians. Mm -hmm. um, so like they never smoked a cigarette, you know, nothing. Um, mm -hmm. But there's still that because of like my grandfather, there's mm -hmm. still those things that, that people pick up and that people learn. Um, 
And it's one of those, I always say any single person could walk into an AA room or an ACOA room and work the steps and benefit greatly mm-hmm. from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what, what have y'all been learning about that recently? Well, I, the thing that has, keeps coming to mind as you were talking about that, that I think I wish everyone knew about everything in life. Uh, is the same again. That's a big so, one. <laughs> I know it is. It's this idea of like casting a vision. I know I said it already, but when you're in a system, like let's say you're an adult child, you know, you grew up in a home with addiction and now you're dealing with your own addiction as an adult. You're in a system. You're, you're just stuck. It, I feel like it's like a bog, like you're in mud, you're in like a marsh and it's really, really hard to get out of it. And all your brain is doing is go paddle more, paddle more, paddle more, grab that root, paddle more, paddle more, paddle more. But what you're not doing is going, Hey, I actually want to be on the land and dry. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even want to be in this freaking marsh anymore. Like, I don't want to be where the alligators mm-hmm. are and where I could get bit by a snapping turtle. Like I want to be on land. And it's almost like you never thought that you could be on land. You mm-hmm. just go paddle more, paddle more, dry off your face and paddle more. And because, like, because that's what you're used to. Oh, that's what good. Your whole life was yeah. just, just like reacting. Treading- Reacting and treading water and doing these same cycles that keep you stuck. You're not paddling harder will never get you out. Well, right. We we go to what we know and like the spilled milk analogy. And I cannot believe this. So I've been a therapist for 15 years and I've never heard the the spilled milk analogy. Yeah, I I didn't hear it until I went. I saw that from the bridge and I was like, that's good. (laughs) No, it's it's perfect. I mean, I've heard like other analogies of that Mm -hmm. analogy, you know, like, hey, we we do things to get attention to blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But that one is just very poignant and uh, makes the point. But we go to what we know. So if I know that spilling milk and causing a real mess gets me what I need, uh, then I'm going to continue to go to that and go to that and go to that. And then, oh, you know, then we're 30, 35 or whatever, or even younger and go, wait a minute, why are my relationships working? Oh, it's because I'm, I'm keep on spill, you know, parentheses, spilling the milk all over the place with, with whatever this or that. And if, especially if I didn't learn from my parents from like ACOA stuff, then I have no tools. So kind of what Melanie is saying is this awareness and I, it, it came, it came, that awareness came to me when I read the Miracle Morning book by Hal Elrod. I, if you hadn't read that, it's really mm-hmm. good. He's but, got a bunch of, he probably has one for addiction. He has a, mir- a Miracle oh, yeah, Morning sure. for like everything you can think of. Okay. But it was, and I mean, that was after grad school and everything, but like until kind of like that moment you said when you're, you know, your frontal lobe kind of clicked over, you're like, oh, wait a minute. There was that yeah. moment for me when I started like thinking about what I was thinking about, mm. like, thinking about really how you're thinking and think think mm-hmm. about your thinking which you can get all the meta you want or whatever um but it's real of what i don't have these these tools or whatever instead of just getting pissed off and yelling and doing all this stuff from what i knew from growing up let's do it a different way well let and, me and and, and yeah. uh, trust me i'm not saying like that yeah that happened and it's been smooth sailing no, right it's a it's a yeah. it's an iteration that just goes over and over and over always towards something i'm not like making the same mistakes that i was when i was like 25 or something like that yeah but it's just new and different ones yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but what I yeah. Too, with that idea of like getting out of the treading the water and casting a vision one of my favorite things and i Pretty sure I made it up. I don't know where I ever heard it, but I call it retrocasting where you're going to okay. tell me like in a year from now, let's say you want to be clean and you want to have, I don't know, like you want to have a six pack. I don't know, whatever your goals are. Um, and you go, okay, in a year abs, from now, not beer. Abs, yeah. <laughs> right. um, so you're like, okay. And you imagine that it's a year from now. You imagine you've already succeeded. And then okay. you tell me how you got there. 
So here's what it looks like in our Martian mm, okay. You are You're like, hey, I'm already on land. And you're looking back a year ago and going, how did I get out? So this is a whole different question. Not how do I survive? How do I tread more water? How do I get out of this marsh? So maybe it's, I actually stop treading for a minute. Mm -hmm. I look for a root. I look for a rock. I step up. I whatever. And you talk to a counselor, a coach, a friend, a therapist, whatever. And you say, this is how I got from where I was to where I am now, which is the healthy version of myself. And it's, that's the missing key. I think that most, especially if you have addicted parents, they aren't going to talk to you like that. They aren't going to vision cast mm -mm. and retrocast and they're not going to do all of that stuff with you, but you can do it with yourself. And I think that that's where most people get stuck in that cycle of just repeating what they've seen growing up, even if they hated it, because we go to what we know and they don't stop the cycle. They just repeat it maybe more aggressively instead of saying, what would it look like to get out? And if, and if I could imagine my success, what would I even imagine? Most people have no idea. Yeah, that's, and that, that's funny about repeating the cycle that these these kids will swear on their lives i will never like they, they will just sit there and kind of like talk about their drug addicted dad and how much he's a mm -hmm. deadbeat and like i will mm -hmm. never do that and but like they probably are and and yeah. they will have that revelation hopefully one day someone they'll sit them down and be like look what look what has happened or they'll i try to get them to have some empathy for their parents mm -hmm. it's just like look man like I don't think he's doing that because he doesn't love you. I think he's doing that because he has a disease that he cannot help, you know. Mm -hmm. Um I want one thing I wanted to touch on also, since y'all are both, y'all both lead groups, you both do these things. How do y'all avoid not viewing each other as clients? Oh, you mean her and I? Yeah. Like I'm in a relationship. He's bad at it. That is, I'm good at it. That's like the best question we've ever been asked. Uh, cause I, cause I, that was, that was, uh, I real, I did that. Well, so a brief background, my ex wife, we were both in recovery and she ended up relapsing, um, smoking weed. And I had this big internal debate, like, wait a minute. Like, am I just looking at her like a client? And mm -hmm. when in reality, like, is it a problem? I don't know. I have to look right. at her as a unique individual. And right. so that was a big deal in realizing that I, yeah. So yeah, I want to hear, yeah. um, yeah, for me, how that has come I, up for y'all. Yeah. What it sounds it's like what you has. did was differentiate. I mean, you just said, okay, no, wait a minute. Like I, I'm not going to put my rules onto someone else's life. Cause that isn't right. Right. That's not the right thing to do. And it's not going to work. It's not gonna be helpful. And I think for us where we started doing that, I don't know, maybe like two years ago, a year and a half ish ago, mm -hmm. where we started saying actively out loud, like, Hey, this is my goal for myself to live this particular way. Like a good example is that you do 75 hard, like a lot, right. Um, that exercise program mm -hmm. and he, but he doesn't make, I me can do tell it. <laughs> <laughs> so rip, rip, <laughs> the microphone's exploding. Cause he's so rip. Yeah. But like this idea of really like uh, clearly saying, this is what I am doing for my mental well-being and wholeness and health. And you can do that or not. We don't oh, that's so, yeah. It's that kind of conversation. But at first, it makes a lot of people good. mad at first. But dude, it, or can or it can be confusing. It has. So we will be married 20 years next August, right? And Holy cow. Has, August what? By chance. 7th. Oh, August 7th. Yeah. 25th is my birthday. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, but we it has not been that way for a long time mm -hmm. like when i was in grad school i would come home and diagnose oh. her and her family literally with everything in the dsm boom so everything mean about you've it. got this personality disorder you i can't believe this. You, Idiot. everything and i mean 
Yeah, the, I just went overboard. Which there should be a group for the spouses. Which, I'm, I'm sure it is probably, but that's one thing that they. I found this out after the fact. Like, yeah, don't go home and diagnose everyone in your family because yeah. they're just going to get mad at you, right? <laughs> and which also, uh, the word I am so tired of hearing, uh, the N word, narcissist. If I hear oh, right. one Gosh. more person <laughs> say like that's yeah. so TikTok is now doing that same thing where everyone oh, yeah. is just like. Oh, that person that broke up with me for a legitimate reason actually turns out they're a narcissist. Right. It's right. Like, what are you talking about, man? But, right. but but they didn't mention the fact that they were just an ass and just absolutely, right? absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You're a narcissist. Oh, my bank gave me a a, a um a non sufficient fund free. My yeah. bank's a narcissist. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> um, stupid stuff, right? Man, what you said about not making the other person. So it's also you know since we're both in recovery, it's or you have to. You cannot sponsor each other in in right. AA terms, and it's, um, it's right. so hard because you don't you don't know that you're doing it because you're like, no, this is my teammate. Like, and and, well, I, it's I, it's hard when yeah. it's helping you, and you're just yes. like, oh, I feel so good. I want you to feel good, so this will yeah. work for you. That's when it's mm -hmm. hard for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. we see that with clients too. Even if it has, I mean, they will, especially when one of them is on a a sort of more pressing health journey than the other one. The other one's kind of just along for the ride. And the person who called us is usually the one who's like all gung ho to do it. And it's almost like they're, they're wrapped up in this world that it has to be this way. We have to do it together. You have to love and care about it as much as I do. And I'm like, that's not the truth. Right. That isn't yeah. how it works. And the more clear we can be about how we differentiate and what that looks like and be loving and kind during that differentiation process, I think that was, is a really powerful way. Well, to do it. I mean, that that's such a good question that you asked Jed, because it um, like me and Melanie have had had zillions of arguments and I would yell at her like, you're not my coach. Yeah. Leave me the F alone. Like he's you're actually said that not to my me. coach because what you were doing, thinking it was good for me wasn't loving, wasn't empathetic, wasn't kind. It wasn't what I needed from a wife. Now I can mm. have a coach. I've had a coach like, Hey, I'm paying you to kick my ass right now. Great. Mm -hmm. I'm not paying you anything. And I don't want you to kick my ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, so that dynamic, that, that just didn't work. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like having two therapists, mm -hmm. right? Not coaches, yeah. two therapists. Like, Hey, let me talk to, mm -hmm. talk to me about your, you know, deep, family of origin, mother issues mm -hmm. and stuff. Well, of course we can talk about that, but I'm not going to like do therapy on her or, I mean, they say the number one, like one of the number of things like, yeah, don't, don't do therapy on your friends. You know, your friends should not become your clients, your family, all this stuff, because it just, it muddies it up and that it, it waters down the efficacy of a therapeutic relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know I'm saying it's like, wait a minute, I changed your diapers. Now you're talking to me about it, like family of origin and well, is it tough with your kids too? Well, it, that's that same dynamic or is it a I little, mean, we try, we're super open about everything though. And that that's developed over a long time because at first we were very like coachy, uh, therapy, but we weren't and explaining to them point, what we were doing. Like, I, like I, I, our, our middle kid has even said to me and to you, like, He'll come talk to me and says, "Well, yeah, mom just is going to try to coach me or whatnot." You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and I'm sure that they say stuff. Our too. middle kid, our middle kid is like our ultimate teacher. Well, he's super he's smart. The one but... that he's like he's the one that's training us to help us grow. But kids don't right. need that's a coach. Awesome. Yeah, they need a parent. Yeah, right. right. They need a a parent. The and parent I, yeah. relationship. I want so. to say like what we do with them specifically. If I was to talk to our kid and and want to get into that coach mode, I will say to them, "Listen." I coach people and I love what I do. And here's what I would say in this situation for you and blah, 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 blah. And then I'll back off and I will say, but 
I am not your coach. I'm your mom. I'm trying to teach you whatever. So I will say all the things that no one usually get says. Out of bed. No, <laughs> I'll say all the things that nobody usually says to help, um, to help eliminate confusion, if that makes sense. And give a little bit like it, there's clarity there when I go, I'm, you're not required to do what I'm saying, but this is what I would do if I was coaching you. Right. It's like, not... do you, do, do you want to vent or do you want solutions? Yes. It's very similar. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great too. When like, and it's, it's the classic. I mean, when, uh, when, when you just ha are so blinded to what you are obviously doing and someone's like, Hey bud, like, <laughs> didn't you, you know, you just told me how to do this thing and that's what you're doing. And I'm like, right. oh. that's, yeah. that's if I, the biggest blessing anybody can have is the ability to be completely objective and look at yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is hard it's hard oh, i hate it i hate it so much when you have a teenager who does it like brilliantly our oh. again, our middle kid is just like a mirror he just goes you're doing that's, that. Like, yeah. I, that that's what i've come i think um that's probably part of why i've been afraid too is like number one like i'm i feel like i'm still a kid i'm not ready to grow up and this is gonna right. make me grow up um but i i i'm assuming that that is part of god's plan for that like that's kind of a reason for that listen yeah. now okay you said the right, wrong thing. Cause now I just want to talk about that. Cause Ooh, that is okay. why that is why we're meant to children force you to grow up. Listen, we've had clients that do not have children. They are wonderful people, but they have not had to deal with things like a kid barfing at 1am a kid. I mean, all the things that come with, I don't want to scare you. There's lots of stuff. No, yeah. yeah so I can, I can imagine that it forces you to grow. And I don't mean that in like a hallmark. Oh, it makes you grow. Like, no, it forces you to figure out what you're going to do when your kid breaks his wrist in the middle of a rainstorm at the skate park. What are you going right. to do? So pause that, but not, not just like, Oh, cleaning up barf. Okay. You can be single and do that. That doesn't matter. But how are you all, how are you going to handle that when you're stressed individually? And then you still have a partner yeah, to, that's to have a relationship with, right? It's like so, the trials yeah. and tests that make us a strong. It's like going to the gym. It's literally yeah. like relational exercising. It's a really weird concept that just popped into my mind, but that's what it that's is. And when we it's... have children and we have to take care of them and we, we choose that path or whatever, it forces us to grow up. And that's yeah. what makes me so irritated when, I don't know, I could, again, I just, now I got mad. <laughs> I'm excited about it, but I'm also irritated about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's, it's, and I always have, uh, I, I am a worrier. It's a, I also have like staying sober on top of that. And like, mm -hmm. you know, the biggest stressors in the world are, um, and it's, I, it's always, um, I never, and you know, they, they don't have to, I never want my kid to have to see my darkness. I don't, ever want that to have to yeah. happen can i say like yeah. four things okay I'm absolutely say to you you remind me number one the little tiny journals okay? okay that's number one number two is cast a vision and number three is emotional mastery okay i'm gonna you remind me if i can't remember them okay i already forgot okay so, <laughs> so yeah. the first one the first one i'm gonna talk about are these nah. little mini journals that i make this isn't one but it looks similar to it it's like these little tiny whatevers on one side okay this is you do this when you're in your healthiest spot Okay. And you do this for your whatever the thing is that you struggle with. So I struggled with depression a lot. And it, for a season, it was very hard. I was literally having suicidal ideations all the mm -hmm. time when my children were tiny. And mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell do I do with that? So in that season, I did something that was life changing for me. In this little journal, on the front of a page, I would write the lie 
the feeling. So nobody loves you. It doesn't matter. We all die. It all burns. Who cares? Um, just crash the car. I wrote everything I could think of on each page. And then on the back, I wrote the truth or something that would counter that, that I mm. knew when I was healthy would actually matter for when I read it, when I wasn't healthy. So I would carry these little things around in my pocket. I'm talking for two years and nobody knew about it. No, I didn't tell Seth, didn't tell my mom, didn't tell my kids, but these are game changers. So I would write down the lie of like, well, nothing matters. Just like stay in bed and eat popcorn yeah. or whatever. And then on the other side, I'd be like, Hey, your kids need you to show up the best, whatever. So that's number one. You can do that for yourself. Okay. I'm saying this to you as a person, as a friend, you make one for yourself okay. so that you have a pathway when you fall into these moments and you know, all your, all your triggers and you know, the things that will take you out of it. So write it for you, right? Do that. The second thing was emotional mastery. So people mm -hmm. talk about emotional intelligence all the time. Emotional intelligence is great, but I don't know. Your intelligence doesn't matter to me if you can't master the thing. So you might know how intellectually an airplane is put together, but if you mm -hmm. aren't a master of building an airplane, you're not flying, right? So you need to have not just emotional intelligence, but emotional mastery. And emotional mastery is knowing what to do with the emotions that you have, not just knowing what they are, but knowing what to do with them. Right. So I will have, and again, I'm going to go right back to depression, addiction, all of those things. You feel the emotion. The mastering part is now what? Right. What's the healthiest, wisest thing to do with this emotion? Maybe you write mm. it in a little book. Right. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing now, because you said you have anxiety and you have worries about having kids and, and what parenting will look like, you need to know what to do with that anxiety. I'm sorry I sound so angry. I'm not angry. <laughs> You're good. I love you're fine. These conversations. You're, you're impassioned. It's all good. I've had to do this to myself. And so I'm, I am really passionate about it. So get in front of these things. So if you worry about, I don't know what actually, what's, what are some of the things that you worry about with your kids and parenting? I, uh, I worry number one, that, um, I'm going to rub off my bad habits. I'm on my phone all the time. I'm worried that I'm going to be, uh, non-attentive. Uh, I worry that it's going to ruin my romantic relationship that it, or strain it at the very least. Uh, I worry that they're going to turn out like me as a teenager. I worry that uh, they're going to die. That one uh, or we get all really do, sick. Just FYI, everyone. Does. Oh, I know. I know. Well, it's <laughs> I, I have. It's like I've had so. It's like I've had I feel like I'm done. like, Lord, I'm done with traumas dude i've had so many like i feel like i've suffered enough man just yeah. like let me let me be but it's like i always have these horrendous things happen and then i grow from it but it's like yeah. damn it dude i'm i'm so it's i i feel like i am destined like it's just got to happen so that i can grow through it that's a, mm -hmm. a faulty core belief but it's there um yeah and i i guess just just that like you know, I'm selfish as hell. And I like, I, I it, this, I'm not going to be able to, or I can, but then I'm going to be a bad parent. You know, it's, I, I need, I'm going to have to be selfless um, so to, the, to a degree the, that I'm not used to. Yeah. The things I think immediately that would help you figure that out. And this is the, my favorite part about this. Will you go into the house and get my journal, my planner? Uh, it's just on the, one? the one I just got back from Amazon. The, it's on the, the prayer table. One? Yeah. Okay. So right, this one is second. not at all what yeah, you think. You got it. He said prayer planner. It's not what you think. Um, so get in front of these things tactically, strategically. So many mm -hmm. people think about these things emotionally. They go, oh, well, I'm afraid someone's going to die. That's an emotion. That's not a strategy. That's not a tactical anything. So mm -hmm. let's be strategic and tactical. So if you're worried that you're going to be on your phone all the time, measure it, track it, 
put an app on your phone to make you block social media. Like if you're wor- so again, this also goes in line with casting a vision. How do you want to be? Tell me how you want to be as a dad. Don't you just told me all the things you're worried about. How do you want to be? Right. Like, literally tell me right now. Uh, I want to be loving, patient, uh, present. And I, the, um, a main thing is I want to show, especially if it's a son, I want to show emotion like often and so like, now, show love. Yeah. Now literally meditate on that concept, journal about it every day of the week. If you want till your kid is born and then a month, I mean, do, do whatever, but find and create definitions of what you want to become because too many people say, I don't want this, but you can't do a don't. What do you want to do? And so oh, what I had said get me, like I had said, bring me out my, I, this is a test. It's like, obviously it's not the official one, but I made a planner for myself that I've created over the last couple of years where I literally track everything. I track what I eat. I track what I do. I track my mood. I track how much water I drink, uh, how many hours I sleep, uh, how much I weigh my vision, what I'm thankful for my prayer. I mean, I, everything that makes a good life, you just get out in front of it and do it. And there's almost no place to find things like that. That's why I made it for myself. This is not a sales pitch, but it's, I'm just saying proprietary. This for yes. Yes. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. But like getting out ahead of it, casting a vision and creating it and talking about what you want it to become. Oh, this, this is, so this will, this will dovetail in like the, the, um, one of the last things I want to talk to you all about. Um, I, I literally, so in dealing with like my legalism, I, and I talked to uh, Dan Koch and Josh Patterson mm-hmm. about this and they were like, dude, just calm down. I, I was worried. <laughs> I was like, dude, I haven't prayed for my unborn child enough. So like, it's not going to be blessed. Like it was like a real, like I, I had this vision that like, I was going to like lay hands on her pregnant belly and pray right. intently. And if I don't do these things, then whatever. And it's just like, and uh, what do they say? Oh, uh, he said that God loves that kid like more than you could yeah. possibly. So like, calm yeah. down. It, you know what? My anxious friend, my best friend, she's a pediatrician lady said, she said something similar to that to a pastor. And he told her, you are not so powerful that you can move the hand of God. <laughs> and I was Bingo. like, oh, dang, like yeah. no matter how much you pray Bingo. or didn't, that like you're chasing oh, that, that regard. That gave me chills, meaning it's true. There it is. <laughs> so this was so, and this is, this is funny. So last time y'all were on and I, I'll bring up audio proof. I was like, so, oh, no. <laughs> so oh, um, I can't imagine what, <laughs> how did I ask? I was like, so when you were talking about marriage coaching, I was like, so how much do you uh, think about like the biblical ideas of marriage and how much do you apply it? And Seth, you were just like, <laughs> not at all. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, but it was literally, you were like guffawed. And so recently, right. I saw that y'all were like born again, I'll say, or whatever. Uh, so I thought I that was my first thought. I was like, ha, uh, and they're back. Um, but I want to know. So <laughs> like what happened? I mean, that's awesome. Uh, what what occurred? Yeah. I have this so, spiritual awakening. So the the kind of quick backstory, I'm I'm from the South in South Carolina and moved out here. What with city? Emory. Uh, I was Columbia. Uh, I, we were outside of Greenville, like oh, Greer, Blue Ridge. Easily area. is where I'm from. You know that? Oh, is? okay. Yep. So, yeah, Easily is not far from where I grew up. It's maybe like, nice. like 25, 30 minutes or so. But nice. anyway, Bible Belt, all this stuff. And so very much Christian, big time Christian for a long time. We went to Mars Hill and did music there for 10 years. So very much in that culture. And then that whole thing went away. And I was just like, ah, you were butthurt. This is, this is so stupid. <laughs> Everything is so stupid. 
and really, really, really just got away from God. Like, I mean, into like, uh, uh, I, I don't know, like just so far away from God. Like, you know, I can't imagine what I said. I don't remember what I said on your show, but I'm certain that I thought, oh, that is so stupid. Like, yes, that was the, that was the, that was the, <laughs> that was the energy. No, that just was like, the energy. I mean, the eye roll heard around the world kind Absolutely. of Absolutely. Like, give me a effing break. And I hated everything that had to do. No, I didn't hate God. And I never stopped believing in God or Jesus. But I was just like, hey, man, all these different ways, everything is everything and this and that and whatever. And super duper far away. And then this time last year, I'm not, I'm not kidding. It was actually this time last year. It started in November and just started growing and growing and growing. God called me back. Like I, I didn't know where my Bible was for like five or six or seven years. We didn't go to church for five or six or seven, seven years after Mars Hill broke up and just every church was the worst. And it was so stupid, just cynical, just like the worst. Oh yeah. I was the worst. Yeah. Right? And, uh, made fun of stuff like, it was no good. And anyway, God, I so I don't remember exactly what happened. I could tell you what I think it was. Okay, what? I, and this is going to sound so not related. I think it was when I found Blurry Creatures. Do you Have you ever listened to Blurry Creatures podcast? That, dude, you know, I helped. I don't want to brag, but I helped. Yeah. You did? Push, yeah, me and Nate, me and Nate are tight. Yeah, I, I, because I, I just, I was, I was looking that. at old episodes and I post, I said, I looked at it, I posted his first episode. I was like, I'm trying to give my my little buddy a, a chance. So everybody no go listen to this way. podcast. Yeah. I got oh. him on the I got him on the Nephilim train, man. Get out of town, oh, nice. my friend. Okay, so, so so that for me, um, I started talking to Seth about it and sharing all of this wacky stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, from that, because I've always been interested in I was raised Catholic. And uh -huh. I love that kind of like, I'm going to use the wrong word here, but it's what my brain always has said is like the occult, like, yeah. but in no, Catholicism, it is. it's really, it's very intertwined. Like mm -hmm. Catholic stuff is very occult looking, Rit right? Ritualistic got, and yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we started talking a lot about it and like drawing all of these conclusions. And that's when I believe mm. you, when stuff started to change, because I don't think we understood even what you meant when you asked the question, do you use biblical, like principles and marriaging blah 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 well, I, even if i did understand it i would just be bullshit well we would Ugh. we would have been thinking oh like a book like a book from a church yes and that's not probably what so you meant. Uh, okay so um <laughs> i i was actually quite depressed this time last year right and it wasn't just because of the weather so uh it's super overwhelmed like we although i you know we were doing good you know making good money and having coaches and clients and all this stuff I'm like, ah, oh, I just had all this time and like anxious and like kind of turned into depression, but not like a mopey around depression. You know, I was drinking like an ex existential depression. Uh, or... I don't even know if it was yeah. that. It's just like, yes. I'm just pissed all the time, like drinking ah. and all this stuff. And um, uh, I started taking antidepressants, which when you start those, I started, what was it? Um, yeah, I don't take what'd them you anymore. take? Uh, it's my favorite subject. Uh, 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 Boosperone or uh, okay, Buspa. Oh, well, Beach. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, well, yeah. 
was it yeah it's either uh they're they're extremely similar words it's either um i think it was bupropion which is well that would be well i I think right and so okay it helped a little bit but then i was having intense feelings just like (laughs) crying easily you know and getting overwhelmed easily and then i was like whatever and i opened up my bible right i was like okay i found it okay got it right and i've had this bible forever and started reading in i was like okay i'm just gonna read stuff like maybe i'll just try to read jesus words like the gospel matthew mark mm-hmm. Luke, and john right and it was i promise you it was this time last year like almost to the day like okay slowly slowly reading right okay make it through some stuff and then come like december and stuff like that are like, you quiet okay. about this like does melanie yeah, know you doing it on the quiet. slip I mean, okay i mean, I, mean I think i had the bible that on doesn't the table talk to me or, about or, anything that's okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a marriage podcast for seven years yeah we don't talk <laughs> um but uh uh, and it's just started reading the gospels. And then in all four of them, it, it talks about like the birth of Jesus. Right. And then, of and then this miracle, there was actually a couple of like actual miracle. Well, there were miracles to me. It wasn't like I walked on water or anything. No, like dude. Uh, I'm yep. like, well, this is, this is definitely not made up. Yes. And so read, uh, I think it was in math, maybe Matthew. And I had this thing where i always read the cliffs notes of you mm-hmm. know if it has like a, an a beside a word or something yeah. like okay which one was that where's those reference to and so um the the christmas story is what we'll call it you know the okay. birth of jesus talks about isaiah a lot you know and goes back so i was like okay i'm gonna go extra and then actually flip in isaiah and read those and read all this stuff and then i said you know what family let's go to church and there's a literal church across the road from where it's it's 200 yards away. So we just walked there, right? Ah. Now we go to church there. Melanie sang there last uh, yesterday. Last week. Uh, yesterday, yeah. actually. And so anyway, you had your kids gone to church before this? We so we went to Mars Hill, and it was they awesome. Were little, you know, oh yeah, yeah, tiny. yeah. But they were then, yeah, yeah, they were tiny. But then I always felt Not the guilt then. of like growing up christian and then like abandoning all of that i'm like what 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 kind of a dad am i like i'm not even doing anything i learned another worry when i was a kid oh boy it was big right <laughs> get out in front of but it. anyway so the the unbelievable the amazing it was believable because it happened but the amazing <laughs> thing happened um all that stuff that i read that morning the preacher preached on oh verbatim. god like, i love that exactly jed I like love he, that. Was, he was he said uh i will read this verse these verses in matthew i'm like I read that one it's hour It's just ago. undeniable. And then he went to Isaiah and read the thing that I read one hour ago. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah. okay, I, I can't I can't ignore that, right? And I wish I knew you were going to talk about this because I wrote down other, you know, air quote kind of miracles of like, hey, that, that could not have just been random. It was too close to whatever, right? And um, I, God started... Um, I don't want to say speaking to me, but I got these very strong messages of, and it wasn't delusional or hallucinatory or anything like that. It was just straight up, hey, Seth, do this thing. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That didn't come from my brain. Uh, and just very, it, it was like, start going to church or or something like that. And then I, then I went, eventually got to the prodigal son story, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And when I'm telling you, I went really far away from God. I mean, really far away. And it, I wasn't doing like, you know, killing people. Like like praying. toward atheism or toward like. No, not toward atheism. Like, like hey, new uh, Melanie, let's go get tarot cards and yeah. uh, 
do this and do that and like all kinds of woo-woo stuff, you know. I yep. was like, oh, this is so stupid. But anyway, um uh reading and then get to the the prodigal son story and just boom, I was like, wait a minute. If Mariner are tough, which are our two boys, right? And I'm a guy and he talks about guys so it really related on the like the the male perspective. Mm-hmm. If Mariner tough or tough just went away and just raised all the hell possible, just burned every bridge possible, just did all this stuff and just destroyed and did everything the worst. And they came back to me and said, Dad, I am so sorry. He hit me really hard. Sorry. And they came to me and said, Dad, oh, they're crying. I'm so sorry, Dad. I know I did this. I know I did that. Would I for one second go, nope, scram. No, I would take them back in. Right. You, you want to see another crazy coincidence? Just real yeah. quick. Yeah. This. Oh wait, can I see it? Is it gonna, is it gonna show uh, it? Uh, no. Damn it! Ah. What is, is it gonna say? show? It? Uh, it it is um the oh, prodigal cool. son. My my dad gave me this. Oh, oh. my goodness! It's that's uh amazing. Luke fifteen twenty. It's the but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled oh. with compassion for him. Oh, he gave me goosebumps. I know he gave me that me when too. I got sober. So that story, I was like, there is no way that I would not take my sons back when, when, and if they came back that way. So God did that for me. And I'm just like blown away. I promise you, I wish I had my old journals because I would read these things like all these just crazy things that happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, so just God brought me back in a way that never was the way of when I grew up in the Bible belt, like, okay, do something stupid, hook up with a whatever, do this or do that, go, oh, you know, pray yeah, on Sunday. The, and go, the shame oh, repentance cycle. Right. That whole thing. It was, oh, no, this is this is way different. Just I never experienced it that way before. Right. And so just I mean, we've been to church almost every single Sunday and I'm not like keeping score or anything. It's like, no, we sure. gladly want to go to church. I've read the Bible every single day. We pray. I talk about it now like before. I so so that- how did Melanie get did you just did you never lose it like he did or no or- she never no when it. I became a so I became a Christian at 19 I was uh raised Catholic but didn't care about it and I was a wild child I did anything and everything I didn't care about anybody I did everything and when I became a Christian I lost every friend I lost every relationship I had because I hadn't I was I completely changed I always say it's like God took a like a baseball bat and just hit me out at the knees and was like, sorry, your whole life has changed now. And so I fought for my faith. Like I lost everything because of my faith. And so I have a very different relationship with it. Um, I think then how, you know, Seth grew up with, Yeah, I I did not. So I know I I always feel slightly jealous for those kind of people because it does seem, I know because I have so dude, I have, so this is, this is the, this is the current spiritual battle I've been having. Um, I have so much baggage and I've had to un so I had to make myself not go to church because I mm-hmm. was so uh mystical about it that like if mm-hmm. I did not do this, then right. something bad was gonna happen. And I had to mm-hmm. be like, No, man, God's got grace, you cannot do this thing and you'll right. be okay. So I had to really do that. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I got in a season where like I'm I'm resting in God's grace, right? But then at the same time the AA program is really big about uh, maintaining fit spiritual connection. And Mm -hmm. if you do not do those things, there actually is 
a real world consequence for me and and that's relapsing right Mm -hmm. so it's this weird okay god do i or do i not have to do these certain things Mm -hmm. because i was the 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 divorce fucked me up and it was so mad at god of just like so you know what like what the hell and then the fact that I am now with someone I'm completely in love with and I'm about to have a kid shattered my view of God because it's like, so wait a minute, did all that bad shit have to happen for this to happen? Like, why couldn't I have gone a different, like, why did this happen? Like it has really kind of shook my uh, view of like how God operates. Um, So and and yeah. I'm I'm still kind of at a cynical place with with my church where it's it like I, I was on the worship team too, and when I went through, um, I guess I still have that resentment. Uh, when I went through the divorce, um, I was just falling apart, and they were just kind of like, no, it was still just like, all right, well, can you play drums, you know? Right. And, right. and then when I just quit, and nobody yep. nobody called me, nobody Did checked nothing. on me, so I was just yeah. like, well, fuck you then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so it's still the kind of church um, I've tried to go back where it's it's just like, you know, like seven keys to better living stuff. And it's just like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. And yeah. so I've been watching Greg Boyd. That's who. Um, uh, what is it? I forgot his church. Woodland Hills Church mm-hmm. in um, Michigan. Oh, that's cool. But Greg now Boyd. now it's like, um, yeah, now that I'm having a kid, like I want him to I'm going to want him or her to have that structure or something. So it's like, I guess I got to go church yeah. shopping again. But boy, do I hate that. Well, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think, too, I have had a lot I of wanna... Christian friends. Yes, yeah, stop. It's my turn. We've had a lot of Christian friends that grew up Christian that will talk to me about how they're like, man, I wish I could have experienced what you experienced um, and and like became a Christian at whatever age. And what I will say about it is that there was a a trauma that I have to deal with is really, I was not protected as a kid. I was not like my parents and I love my parents. They're great. They live down the road. They put me in so many situations without realizing how terrible the outcome could have been. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel so blessed that I wasn't raped, that I wasn't didn't kill someone, kill myself. I mean, there's so, I can't even tell you. And so it's like saying, like, and you're saying, oh, I wish I could have experienced that. It's like saying, oh, I really wish I would have like gone to all the 10, what is it? The 10 circles of hell, hell or whatever. It's like, no, yeah. you don't. <laughs> like, you, I, know, I, love, I know, you know, and it's hard because it's like getting out of that. That's why I know God is real is that getting out of that was the hardest, weirdest, craziest thing I've ever done. Like, you shouldn't have gone out, gotten no. out of it is the thing. No. Yeah. No, I, like, I, I, sh- I shouldn't be alive. I mean, this yeah, thing. like many, many times over shouldn't have gotten out of that. And never in this world is my brain say, yeah, you'll have three healthy kids. You'll raise dogs. You'll live in a great, you'll live on beautiful property and your husband will hunt and you'll travel. You have a handsome husband. You have a handsome uh, husband. That does, does 75, 75 hard every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what was I going to say? Like one, one thing, and we, we do have to run yeah. here in like two seconds, but one thing that we I want to do another call though, for sure. Yeah, I, we oh, should. Like let's, let's do another call and then talk about the spiritual warfare piece and all that stuff. That'd be I, rad. Yeah. I no, I would love to. We can That'd yeah. be a lot of fun. This you but, know it's a good conversation when everyone's fighting to talk. That's you know, a solid. I know, I know. But just like as as a few as a dad, you know, and as you gonna be a dad or going to be, that sounded weird. 
as a dad. <laughs> He's from the South. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be a dad. I'm, I'm going to be. I didn't say it like that. <laughs> going to be a papa. He's going to be a papa. Uh, but you don't have to. And this is like a mindset thing, I think. You don't have to go through shitty things always yeah. just to learn a lesson mm-hmm. because there might be mm-hmm. some part of it where you're doing you're doing you're making those mistakes subconsciously because that's how you think you learn or that's you know what I'm or saying? you're so stubborn that that's how god has I, to teach you yeah like, because i didn't make decisions yeah that, right yeah don't right. get I mad did. at god for what you chose not to do or do well, and right. so now i'm mad again but you're right but one, you're right one, one thing that you said is like oh you you could relapse and go kill people and still God would love you. I know that sounds bonkers, right? No, but yeah, but, no, you're right. Yeah. But it's not like, I mean, how you're saying like, Oh, my kids aren't gonna be blessed if I don't pray for them or this or that. Or like, how does, how does like, oh, it's man, I don't know. We, we could unpack a lot. I know I just opened yeah. the worms and we could talk for 500 years. Let's, but- this, this was uh, I love you guys. This was super awesome. Let's absolutely do this yeah. again soon. Yeah. We can do, we can we'll do a part this- two. It's always so yeah, fun to talk two. to you. So yeah. 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 Uh, well, plug your show real quick. Yeah. So our show is anatomy of us. We're real help for real couples. Um, I'm a therapist. We went through shit and Melanie gave me a black eye a long time ago and Hey-o. we didn't get divorced. Yeah. And now we, we talk about it. And, um, uh, yeah, we, we yeah. like what we do and we help couples, uh, try to learn what we wish we knew when we were going through all the stuff and we provide resources that we wish we had mm-hmm. from people that look like us yeah. who had gone through some similar things. I uh, want to show you the power couple planner. Have you seen this? This is our planner for couples. Look at how badass oh, this is. that is really badass. It's just a planner. Like I'm, th- I made this, I'm t- all about tactical strategies for getting in front of problems for couples. And that's what this is for. That's what we do. We do. Anatomy of us. Yeah. Awesome. So we, can, we can talk more on part two. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, send me an email, church on the drugs at gmail.com, and uh, we'll see you next time.
Stop. 